0: Sitting here with me is Sarah and Sarah and I met gosh five years ago. yeah 5 years ago yeah. <laughs> when I put out an advertisement to um, look for someone who wanted to do a chicken farm here at Mountain Sky Ranch and I'm not sure whether you replied to that or whether you just heard from someone else Yeah no I've been from,
1: searching for a couple months and then Janine who worked part yeah, time I with
0: Janine my friend was, and the one I referred Yeah So Janine, who was working here at the ranch, referred Sarah. And honestly, I don't think that we even interviewed or talked to anybody else. Uh, If so, I don't remember it because Sarah just gave a great um, impression, made a great impression. Anyway, um, we met then and that and so I think it was literally late in 2014, right? And, or early in
1: 2015. I think it maybe
0: right at the start. So why don't you talk about that? Tell, tell everybody how you started um, with what you're doing here and then with your chicken business.
1: Um, So I started here, like I said, I was searching for somewhere to start a farm up. I used to do this in Montrose when I was in high school. I started when I was 14. Um, and I was a barista at the time and I was really, Set up with people. So what I did do chickens again. So I put out that thing on Facebook, just, hey, everybody keep an ear to the ground. And Janine was like, oh, hey, I know someone. So we met up and just jumped right in really. I think we met in like late January and just started working.
0: Yeah, and we didn't have really any kind of a setup for Sarah. So literally she did everything. So describe, by the way, Sarah has done an entire Series. Yeah. I think we did ten of these uh, presentations, which we've actually put together a little course from that. And Mark will show some some pieces and what that looks like. Those of you who are either Eat Pro or Eat Elite members, you get that for free anyway um, with your membership. But if you're an Eat Free member, you could potentially get that course. We haven't even put it out on the market yet, um, and. But we asked, we wanted to have Sarah come back because so much has happened in her business since then. So you really just started with nothing. So tell everybody yeah. kind of what you did over that first few months to get started.
1: So right away we, um, you had one of the dog carriers, like a truck topper dog thing. Right. And I gutted that out. They had like pens for all the dogs, and we started building. And then thankfully it, it like the ground thawed and it flooded, and we <laughs> learned funny. that that was in a very bad spot. So plan two happened, and we moved a couple of the buildings, and moved that, and built a base of it, um, and then started building the big buildings like a couple months after that. And I had chickens in my basement for a while because we weren't ready here yet. <laughs> it was cold and freezing, and the the thing was flooded. So that was an interesting
0: couple. The, of- <laughs> the image that's up right now is Sarah up oh, near yeah. her 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 large coop. So. Yep. Tell tell them about what those two large coops look like.
1: So I built them out of pallets. There are some pictures that are on the Facebook that we probably get to eventually. Um, So basically, Wayne loaned me some money, and we got started. And uh, what we just bought just had to buy the OSB and the roofing. Everything else was scrounged in pallets. And so they're 16 feet by about 26 feet each one of them. Oh, that's me and Baruca.
0: Yeah, Baruch is one of our goats.
1: <laughs> actually, our only
0: goat now. So, um,
1: we finally made friends after five years. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and so you made you built those in yep. the spring of of 2015. Yep. And, and you bought some chickens, yep. some, some chicks, and actually from another fellow who's done one of our webinars, who actually oh, yeah. came on with Dr. Sarah. To, yeah. yeah, say who that was. So
1: Dr. Tom Whiting is in Delta, Colorado. He mostly does um, genetics. So his focus is genetics. He breeds four other hatcheries. And then he also breeds the fly tying roosters. So like the big, pretty long tailed roosters. He has um, some what do you call it? Patented, but they're right. are they pad, I don't
0: know. No, they're, yeah,
1: yeah. They're like his genetics that right. he's yeah. built over the course of the last 40 years. But he does some laying chickens and he's good friends with me. So I can go down and pick up my chicks directly from him.
0: So so you got the bill, the, the yeah. coops built. You you got, got the chickens. Cheese. So when did you have your first egg production? When, when would that have been?
1: So Deb helped me go and retrieve the red coop which is right. like a uh, eight by 12
0: right. probably. Yeah. yeah.
1: And those chickens started laying right away and then I bought them and there was about, I think there were 70 so in there when we got it, 50, 70. So I started that summer with farmer's market and then I bought the chicks in, gosh, I got those guys I think in April and the chicks in April-ish, March, April. And they started laying in about July. So I started really getting eggs that first July.
0: And at the same time, we had another fellow who we've interviewed, Ben Peffer, who was doing a, a market farm. And Sarah and Ben were going to about how many farmers markets every week? I mean, Jessica, it was crazy how many at guys five,
1: were going to. Maybe five a week because we'd split them.
0: <laughs> right. And and I mean that's what you have to do when yeah. you start a business like this and get your get your name off the ground. Um, and when did you pick up your first? I'll call it, you know, stable business client, which was, was probably one of the grocery stores, yeah.
1: right? Yeah, I see which one. Did I get. I think I got Nederland first up at the, they have a food co-op up in mm-hmm. Nederland. But uh, that was probably right at the end of that first summer. Farmers markets were winding down and I was kind of pooping my pants, figuring out what to do next with all the eggs. And then after that, Lucky's Market in Fort or in North Boulder picked me up, and that got me through that first year. And
0: you've been selling the Lucky's now forever. The whole time, yeah, yeah, and yeah, in all
1: their stores now. Within.
0: And so I think when Sarah did the, the the series for us before, it was in 2016, and and I think it was actually in the summer of 16. So she would have been really in her second year yeah. of production, and you really hadn't made a lot of changes by that time, right? So um, describe the way your setup is here now. So she's got this red coop she talked about. Yeah. So talk, and you talked about the big ones, but okay. tell us what, so what is it you have?
1: At the bottom of the hill, we'll start at the bottom. There's a little hill, not a little hill, there's a big hill here. <laughs> at the bottom of the hill, I have three coops that are brooders, technically, although right now they have some hens in them. So brooder is where you your big chicks. And then there's a pen down there for them, and then there's a trailer that Wayne picked up for me that's like a summer-only for here, but it's a wire trailer that I can have meat chickens in, a chicken tractor. And then I picked up last summer a free RV, not RV, yeah. A trailer, a trailer. trailer, yeah. yeah. I gutted it and made that a little coop that can hold a couple hundred. And then I've got red coop in the middle of the hill, mm-hmm. and at the top of the hill, I have green coop and purple coop. Their doors are green and purple, they're not all green and purple, but um, those coops can hold each about 600 chickens, 700 maybe.
0: And so, let's say at that time you probably had in that first summer oh, yeah. uh, six or 700, maybe, yeah, like that. How many now here? Here,
1: um, uh, yeah. I just picked up 700 last month, and I probably have about a thousand. So, there's probably 1700 ish chickens here, 15 to 1700.
0: And those early producing chickens are they're they're done producing by now, Yeah, they're right? done. Most
1: of them are gone. There's a handful that I've kept because I like them, because they're
0: fun, but she's even got one out in the car right now that we, we talked about maybe she would <laughs> bring in, but we might still do that. It uh, follows me down there. Going, So, um, And let, let's do that, Mark. Go to that video, because she just said it. That so go to that Facebook video that's got the the 13 seconds showing the people how many you were talking about here and then following her down the hill. So, we're going to show that on your screen here. Again, make sure you think of some questions and such, throw them in. We're just kind of giving you an update here. So, here's here's Sarah walking down the hill from the purple coop that, that she described down, down lower. <laughs> Look at that, everybody. That's crazy. Um, so, you were Moving along in, in 16 and 17, when did you then create a relationship and you have now started a second location?
1: Yeah, I think that, so we started talking in 2017. Um, my business partner, Walt Pounds, he bought a property that's on a conservation easement and um, the neighbor decided to sue right away. So he's been sued like four times yeah. just for them so we didn't have a farm. So what, last summer in July, we got first chickens there, and those are in mobile coops that we can pull around because the property is flat. So those get pulled around as often as we can. And there, I have there about 700 or 800 chickens.
0: And Walt has a number of others, right?
1: 3,600 right 3, now.
0: 3,600. And Sarah is, yeah. is basically the manager of those, right? Yep. He, he doesn't do any real day-to-day work. And, and when she says flat, that land is flatter than a pancake. I mean, it is yeah. perfectly flat. Very different sort of scenario than, than here. So um, let's talk about what you've learned over five years and what are, what are some challenges that, that you didn't expect and that you wouldn't have talked about at all um, when, we, when we talked three years ago now,
1: um. almost four. Definitely had some predators. I know those are going to happen. So last summer, or not last summer, last winter at the other farm, um, it's called Fair Farm, so Fair Farm, one of the neighbors was feeding a group of mangy coyotes, and they became so habituated they would show up at any point in the day, and I had to kill eight of them. And, yeah, that was wow. interesting. Yeah. Um, car problems? I didn't think about my last truck
0: Uh because the hill if Mm -hmm. it didn't work
1: it was kind of tough to get up to the chickens that was rough and do my deliveries and do anything get here um some of the weather (laughs) like that last snowstorm we only had one snowstorm this year really one of substantial anything that was kind of hard to get here and do stuff but i think the first year we had more snow in general
0: how about help? How, how, how's oh, yeah. that been? And we're gonna show some pictures yeah. in a little bit here of some of what Sarah has for now. So her. yeah.
1: here um, at Mountain Sky, I don't have any helpers. I take care of the day-to-day here, which is fine. But Walt, uh, he S-
0: stay on that picture for a second. I'm <laughs> talking about that. That's
1: Bob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Walt has hired full-time help at his farm, so I get to use them in trade for managing management of the chickens there. And then um, at my egg washing station, he has hired some people through Imagine, which is a, not a home, they do have group homes, but it's a resource for people with uh, disabilities. So I have a couple people that work with me now at the egg washing station that have some disabilities, but they love working, it's fun. Cool. Yeah.
0: And Mark, it's a good time. We're gonna switch to my screen. Um, because I know that one of the things that Sarah has gotten that has been huge beneficial oh, yeah, right. right. was mm-hmm. the egg washing.
1: Yeah.
0: And so and Walt,
1: because he has so he's going to have six thousand chickens on that property, and he wants to have more properties, so there had to be some automation that had happened to wash all those eggs and get them dealt with. So he bought an Aqua Magic Five, which is very expensive fancy egg washing machine
0: And we're going to show it here in a second are yeah. you mark why don't you tell us are you seeing um the my screen now which is pictures of a bunch of sarah's and cartoons
1: yes sir we see it cool so that has changed my label has changed just a little bit and now it's pretty it used to be really boring and just white that i print at home but now my friends print these
0: <laughs> and, and by the way just one of the things to to really you know because i've talked about it, you guys have heard me talk about it before one of the things that distinguishes Sarah is her innovative, I think, marketing in terms of colors of her cartons. These, you know, these are brilliantly kind of this pink color, which you just don't see anything else like that. She also, usually, I know, will have a variety of egg colors in the in, in each dozen, which is I think she'll show that. Yeah, on, on, on my slide.
1: on my label, it's gray double large. Rainbow colored cash-based.
0: And this is what shocks people. When you started selling five years ago, what were you charging per dozen? At the farmers
1: market.
0: Anywhere. Just oh, different prices. Let's like five through. to six dollars. Okay. And yeah. what do you charge stores now? Five dollars. <laughs> yes. So five dollars, that everybody. Yes. That's what she charges. All right. It's not that's not the retail price. So what are they selling them for?
1: Six ninety nine.
0: Yeah, about seven bucks. And I've said that before. People get shocked, but and people buy them or they wouldn't continue to do business yeah. with Sarah for as long as they have, because they're incredible quality.
1: I think what really is like the differentiator is like um, Vital Farms is the other big company in there, about six fifty to six ninety nine a dozen. But um, the localness, because I only can sell to the stores right around here, so that's my my main push.
0: Yeah, and we you know we're huge proponents here of local marketing. So so these are now your what? And oh, these yeah. these color this color kids so
1: my young girls and are just egg layers and when they start laying eggs, they lay really small eggs. So Walt also has eighteen hundred of his new chickens that just started laying. So there were all these small eggs that didn't have anything to do. So he gives them all to me because otherwise he would just throw them out or donate them or whatever. So I made another package and I sell small eggs. They're on the shelf for $4.99. I don't really make a lot of money, but it gets people to try it. And then when I run out, hopefully they're hooked on my eggs.
0: Sure. And and again, that's just, as you can hear, of necessity, because she's got small eggs. Yeah. So over time, those eggs are gonna get bigger. Yeah, the chickens,
1: the chickens will bigger. grow out of it.
0: But... And um, So again, look at the labeling, That's that was important. And. Sarah's been charging this similar amount for all these years now. So
1: these are a couple buckets from purple coop at the very Top. I was just taking pictures of the egg washing station. So that's the floor of the egg washing station that the legs are where they are actually getting there. Um Walt is certified organic. So his eggs have to get washed first and then mine go in. But
0: by the way, um these chickens just lay everywhere, right? And you have to go all over the farm to find them.
1: No. They're pretty well trained.
0: They're um, they are really well trained. There's they a, keep going. I was there's joking. a little
1: bit of uh shenanigans that happen in the coops. But if you keep all the eggs picked up off the floor put in the boxes, they figure it out pretty quickly. They see an egg in the box and they want to go there. I actually have a really silly picture we should show later, i post on Facebook yesterday of too many chickens in a box.
0: <laughs> so Mark, when we go back to it, we'll have you show that on the Facebook page. If they
1: we'll have a favorite box and they're gonna lay there, dang it, they are not changing their mind.
0: Oh, so that's true. So they will not, if a chicken decides this is my box. Oh, it's their gonna, box, yeah, and
1: they'll get it's if someone else is there, in there, they're
0: here. going in. Wow. <laughs> so
1: um, these green buckets. Well, so that's how I say who's what's what. So my eggs are in orange, and his eggs are green. and i make from here because they're not organic; they're in red or pink. So
0: ah, just, okay. Right? See, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's the way you. That's keep why all them. those You're red. Really to distinguish. Yeah. Alright, good. Um, and this is what when you collect, this is what you put them in, in, yep. your buckets like in the buckets like this. Let's talk about a couple of what I think are myths about chicken um, chicken farming in the process. What if uh, um, if, if, if a person had twenty or so of their own chickens and they were laying, um, it, could you? Do you have to wash off? Why do we wash off eggs? I mean, I, I think I know the answer, but you—what go, what, what do we do it for? Do you have to? You have to wash them. So,
1: according to Colorado state law, I have to wash
0: them. You do <laughs> commercially. Yeah. Yeah. You're no, just producing them for your own use. No, you mm-hmm. don't
1: have to wash them. Right. If they have poop or something on them, yeah. I mean, that's—you don't want that in your refrigerator. We don't have to refrigerate them, but um what well, say that again? Yeah. say it's
0: slower because that's another you, one of the myths.
1: You don't have to refrigerate your eggs, they do age like three times as fast on the counter as they would in the fridge. Um, if you wash them, you have to refrigerate them because see how those eggs are shiny, like the bottom bucket's kind of shiny. But yeah. Right here. Yeah, it's easy to pick up. So that shine is called the bloom, and the bloom is a natural wax coating that the eggs have on them. Okay. And so when you wash them, you kind of take that off, but the Aquamagic thankfully leaves some on, so they do stay fresh a good long time after they're washed gently. But if you soak them, you're, you're taking the bloom all, all away.
0: So again, you don't have to wash Other countries
1: them. don't wash them yeah. because it's actually a higher standard of welfare for the chickens. Okay. Because if the chickens are living in a very clean cage, let's say,
0: right,
1: the eggs come out and they're clean. But if they're living in a really dirty crappy cage, the eggs come out and they go through the crap so then you have to wash them.
0: Yeah.
1: have something on them, so they go in for a quick little blur and then I put them back through the machine.
0: Okay, so there's going to be... So, so this
1: that? is the scrubber part. So it has this section and then another section that's almost identical without the sprayer. <laughs> but so those are his hands. The egg that is right in front of his fingers, like that just pointing at. see can up. Oh, okay. so that shows you cracks, if there's anything in it that shouldn't be. Sometimes they have blood spots. That happens, it's natural. But you can sort them off that way.
0: What would you do with that cracked egg then? I
1: have a bucket underneath and they go into the bucket and then I refeed
0: them. Okay, did you hear that? That's the other thing that I don't think people really get. Chickens will eat their own eggs and it's good for them. It is right? good for
1: them, it's natural. It can be a problem if you have a chicken that's doing it all the time. You can have a deficiency. It's a behavioral yeah. problem, right? Yeah, but you, yeah. like, you can have a deficiency oh. in your protein or your calcium oh, so they're trying to get it okay. back. But, um, if an egg breaks in a nest, it's their natural instinct to clean it, and it's good for them to give them back.
0: So, so you, you mentioned earlier that at Walt's Farm, mm-hmm. you're you're certified organic. Here, you're not. You could be here. It was, it was just, but I think what you feed might be a little different here, which means you'd have to. So, t- tell everybody about the difference in the way you feed at the certified organic location and how you feed here, and then tell everybody about what how, what do what these chickens do in a given day? I know what they do here, I'm guessing, while well, it's the same way, um, because I don't think people realize, and I get asked this all the time. So let's start with the feed and then we'll okay. go to
1: So here I feed, um, my main supplier is Agfinity. The best part about them is they're locally sourced. At the other farm we feed, and they're in pellets, they're pelletized, should have brought a handful in. A little
0: yeah.
1: yeah, there's probably a picture on my Facebook too. Um at the other farm, it is more a mash. We were using a mash, we just switched to pellets from Agfinity or not Agfinity from Ranchway Hubbard, um, because the mash was blowing away in a large wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at that farm we have big feeders that we can drag around because there's so many and it's kind of more automized. Here I have buckets that I carry around and feed. Um my main so like I said, I choose Agfinity because it's A, affordable, but B, local. The problem with the organic food is, do you know where the soybeans are coming from right now that are organic? They're all from India, yeah, so insane. it's like worse. Everyone's trying to save the environment, but actually we're shipping all the soybeans for the chicken food, for like 90% of the chicken food over from India, wow. which really stinks, yeah. So, so I try to, can't afford it. And- What about
0: to... cost? What do you think generally the okay. cost of feeding for the organic versus here? Is... So
1: my feed here from affinity is 300 a ton, usually less, but to say 300, it's easy. Usually 250 to three. Um, for the food that we were getting from the Amish guy in on the Western slope, he was charging 600 a ton. Wow. And affinity is 1100 a ton, or not Affinity, sorry, Ranch Way. Organic, Uh, 1,100
0: a ton. Wow, did you guys hear that? So from 300 300 to 1,100. And honestly, again, organic has got some benefits probably on the marketing side, but the reality is, if if you're really looking at regenerative um, sustainability and so on, it's not probably all of what it's- No, when I've done
1: all the soybeans are coming, and that's like the main part of it because it's mostly
0: protein. So now, before I go to the next slide, quickly, because this shocks people yeah. you you probably have to uh um put these chickens here in um literally you, you know they they're confined and maybe can go 20 feet away from where they're at right
1: well you should know because my chickens <laughs> are at the very top of the hill and this last group my first group wasn't as friendly with yeah. his wandering they come down and then knock on Lee's door all the time, and it's what, 300 yards, probably 400 yards?
0: Well, and the point is, they can go wherever they want. Yeah. From when they get out in the morning, which he has, are you solo operated now, or do you just have them on timers?
1: They're on they, battery, like a little battery and right. then uh, a photo sensor.
0: By the meaning, they, they can go wherever they want. They are truly um, pasture raised, because they have no constraints once they leave and once the doors are open in the morning, they can go wherever they wanna go. Now they don't just go everywhere, yeah. but, but, they, but they don't stay real ro-
1: ro- in it trees. Right?
0: right, right. Wherever they want to go. Um, let's go to the next slide here. Come on, there it went. Okay. So those see. are
1: eggs, two breeds of chickens that are basically the same breed, all remember their number, and then their line.
0: Oh, we froze. Yeah, to him just so. Right. So, talk about that. You know, already mentioned this before, but yeah. talk about these two people and what they're. And this is now you're seeing her egg cleaning area a little more. So.
1: so, this is Ray and Mike, and they are from Imagine. They both have uh IDD of some kind, but they're really hard workers and they love to be at work and they make it really fun. And so, Walt has hired them, so he's trying to hire as many. People with disabilities are disadvantaged as he can. That's why it's called fair farm. Um, he has a daughter with a disability, so. Very cool. Yeah, and there at the eggs. So that's the, egg the end of the machine, and the eggs roll out on there, and then they put them in, into the
0: boxes. Cool. And for some reason, this is lower. Than- yeah. yeah I'll go back to that
1: that's okay so this station is kind of an unfortunate spot it's really great because we have the ability to use it
0: just face this if you're in the organic or sustainable farming lawsuits sometimes talk about what happened here in Colorado what two years ago now with with one of our local farmers and getting not not sued but but and I think certain might you know it might have even happened while you were doing the series, because I think I remember yeah. it a little bit now.
1: Yeah, that might
0: been, to, yeah, Yeah, tell what happened there.
1: Um, So one of our neighbors, she was down the road here, what, how far is she, a couple uh, miles? A couple miles. Yeah, almost. she was doing open farm um, butchering day, so she would allow people to come and learn and learn how to butcher chickens, bring the chickens, pay a small fee to have them butchered. While she was doing that, a group from Denver showed up um, they're called DXE Baby Animal Save. They are um, some folks who are animal rights, animal. What do you call it? More than rights, like equal. Yeah. And uh, they, they stole some chickens from her. They actually had her daughter show them the chickens, and then they took off. And when they took off with the chickens, locked the driveway. And started doing chants and stuff, chickens and it was this whole court thing. It was crazy.
0: And they ended up winning, really. No, no. no.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, they didn't get one a couple of them lost their jobs, but the one's dad was an attorney, so that made it kind
0: of Yeah, he didn't get as badly hard yeah. yeah. as he should have. But yeah. but I mean it wasn't It wasn't you know, enough in my opinion. But they did they did fight it and they and they ended up at least getting some validation that what they were doing was right and made sense and this group was just totally out of out of bounds yeah. with what they were doing. Okay so anyway now we're moving ahead. Okay. This shows all the different kinds of yeah, eggs buckets. clearly in different buckets um, which is cool because Sarah's dealing with two farms and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can see
1: see they come out like a like pretty dirty, dirty. And that happens, like nests get dirty. For the most part, they come out clean.
0: So um, we're gonna, and this is up near the
1: i eating my food.
0: <laughs> and this deer, yeah, um, wind hurts us more than anything. I'm going to be turning back to you in a second. There's an amazing pictures popping bottoming up. Um, just there, <laughs> isn't that cool? That is a, that's a. That's that's a mountable buck right there that unfortunately Sarah has to look at every day. I'm joking. And chase off. Yeah, Mark, why don't you take the screen back while you do? We're going to get to some of these questions. So tell me when you've got the screen back, like you must. So there's that buck, by the way, in that picture that Mark just had on. So we're going to get to some of the questions. Thank you guys for asking them. Um, and now my um, cursor was frozen for a second.
1: Oh, so that's an elk that was on, on my way to work. Uh, there's oh, like, like like a huge
0: yeah. Yeah, elk that are out in the um, just very close to us here. Yeah. Mark to show. But let's get to some of these questions, Sarah. Um, first comment Michael Everhard. Michael's been with us. Mark, Michael, thank you, Michael, for being here. Michael's been one of our, our followers for a long time and a member of the e team. Um, hey, guys, it's great to be back. Couldn't miss Sarah raising chickens. Michael, tell us, not necessarily here, but we'd like to have you be on and be a host of a a guest at a webinar sometime to tell us what you've done, because I know you had some great goals for what you're trying to do. All right, so here, um, next one is, how do you feed the eggs back, cracked or whole? Cracked
1: and squished as small as possible and mixed with their food, in a bucket on the ground, (laughs) and not in their feeder, it gets gross.
0: Um, And so next question, I have Jersey Giants, great dual purpose bird, how does Sarah feel about, and the question got truncated a little bit, I gotta just click on it here to see the rest of it. How does Sarah feel about them? So this is Um, about Jersey Giants.
1: I don't like them. They are not very efficient. Uh, They don't lay a very good egg and they take a really long time to grow. So I would rather have a high production Egg laying breed. Did I butcher last time? Was I butchering yet? Because now I have broilers that grow in ten weeks and they're really good looking. What do you so mean? Oh, goat, I don't think you had butcher. Yeah, well, no,
0: had, maybe, maybe you had. I just yeah. don't remember. Yeah. So Mark, you know. you created the course. Do you remember? Did did Sarah talk at all I think about? I just
1: like touched on it because I think it was my first like. Dad
0: yeah, and that would be very cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll even have Sarah back and we'll, we'll, we'll put together good. some slides. Yeah, because yeah. we have some. I know you took some, yeah. I took some of it. When she actually, because she doesn't just do eggs. She actually does uh, meet birds too. Just, about how many a year? Because there's actually a rule about if you don't. Oh, you can more, do a
1: 1,000 a year in Colorado. Which is a
0: lot. It's right? a lot. I usually do
1: 200 to 400, I have been. And
0: she, she can do those in a day, right? Yeah, 200 um
1: so yeah the jersey they're fine and they're really friendly but i think generally they're too big and take too long to grow to use as dual purpose and they don't lay as well as you would like
0: so latisha making money latisha i hope i pronounced that right said what do you use as a dust bath and (laughs) how do you deal with mites lice and let me see i gotta click on that one to see the rest of it and has this been a problem that you run into
1: so my when you have chickens outside, because wild birds have mice and mice. mice, and mice
0: um. <laughs> Look at this. Here's, you know, the internet's getting so oh, crazy. Oh, oh. They're targeting us that just because of doing this. And there's a thing that came onto my other screen here that says, <laughs> stop disappointing in, oh, in bed. Try this simple trick tonight. And there's a picture of somebody's hand with an egg in it. I don't even know what that is, so that, that's stupid. Anyway. Um, so keep going on the mites and lice. So
1: mites and lice happen. If you have sick birds, they will take them over and destroy them. Um, but usually like a few on a bird is fine and normal for outside chickens. The way that I deal with it here is my floors are sand inside, we brought that in, Timothy brought that in from yeah. a river or somewhere close by. Right. And then outside they just have dirt and they dig holes and stuff. The other farm, because I moved the coops so often, they can't dig good dust holes. So I have some shipping boxes that I got that are eight feet long by three feet wide. And I laid a canvas down in them. And then I put um, just regular old soil from the ground, wood, ash, and uh, peat moss. And then they use that. So I can move those with the coops every time.
0: Our webcam came back on. So that's crazy. Um, So I uh, hope that helps Letitia. Um I think that's a good set of answers. I'm gonna try to scroll here and get to the next question. Let's see.
1: That picture is my new chickens that I just got from Dr. Whiting that just started laying. So those are all the little pretty small ones uh,
0: okay. Um so does that neighbor still offer open butchering participation days? No.
1: She does offer a little bit, but it's not open. She takes people's driver's licenses now. It's like a whole thing.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, so that was Carol Lee's question. Yeah. And then the next one is I feed my chickens at 80-20 ratio. Um, crickets um, and my birds are getting big, especially the roosters. I think it's due to the protein in the crickets. Will too many crickets affect their growth, their leg growth?
1: So I don't know the protein percentage of a cricket, but what you should aim for is 16% protein um, in general. So whatever you're balancing, like my feed I get pre-mixed and it's 16%. Occasionally I'll get a 20% if they're molting or I'll get the 20% and then get some scratch grains and mix myself. Um, Too many the problem with leg if they're getting fat, I'm guessing the chickens or the crickets are kind of chubby. (laughs) <laughs> um, you can end up with kidney disease if you feed too much protein. If you're feeding too little protein, you'll get leg and uh, wing deficiencies, or you can get buildup in the joints.
0: By the way, everybody, and again, I am not a chicken expert. I've been around them now a lot for five years, <laughs> but, but Sarah is, and I, she rarely has sick chickens, rarely. I mean, that, to me, that's been a big surprise. When she does, She's basically a chicken vet. I mean, and there aren't vets probably that just know very much about chickens. No, there's one one in Lovelace
1: that says they're a chicken vet, but when I took my chicken, they just tried to give me antibiotics. They wouldn't tell me what was wrong, so I had to do it myself. I'm Googling really quick the protein content of a cricket.
0: Uh, it's high. It's probably in the 35 to 40% range, um, which makes them great for human food, by the way, which is crickets are becoming good. Human food. I feel
1: like I would do it 20, 80 if they're super high protein.
0: Yeah.
1: Or, yeah, the opposite.
0: By the way, Michael, you, yeah, they're huge. I mean, yeah, not, yeah, definitely, that's too much. You're, you're probably too much protein too there. Too much protein because uh, you want 16%. Yeah. Michael, you've become a real farmer here, my man. Um, so let's see. How do you how to raise without buying grain? Um, um, want to design an enclosed, self-sustaining chicken system, no external inputs for feeds beyond what occurs in a small system. So you yeah. want to talk
1: about fodder because you can yeah. fodder. You can yeah. raise yes. them with yeah. fodder.
0: Yeah.
1: Again, you want to hit that sixteen percent, so you need to get a, a mix with some black sunflowers or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah fodder is an immature um grain or immature plant really because you can grow things other than grain in, in very short periods of time and we d- we did feed it to alpacas and when we didn't even have um hay to be able to feed because of the drought that we had back several years before Sarah came um so that's one thing yeah. you could do you could feed literally um. From but, really, but what about a, I don't think that's what she probably learned to. What if yeah? You know, what could you do if you just wanted to just let the animals live off the land?
1: So you could. So I have a cover crop mix that I've designed that I'm going to hopefully test this year, um, at the other farm and it has peas and all different stuff in it, different rye grasses and things that chickens can eat. I think really needs to you need to figure out what you can do for where you live. Because we're not gonna ever be able to feed yeah. only grass year round. I can hay it, but then when you hay it, the chickens can't eat dry fiber as well.
0: So. Uh, yeah, look at the picture that Mark's showing everybody and <laughs> see what the vegetation looks like here. We, we only get 13 inches of rainfall a year, and it's dry, and, and the, the cover that you're seeing, it is really, you, you can tell right around the coops that there's chickens there, but honestly you get more than 50 yards away and you really wouldn't even hardly know that they were around yeah. um, because there's just not a whole lot of nutritional value in our grasses, yeah. quite honestly. So they're smart, they don't eat them, and they also know that it's, co- it's protection for them as places yeah. they can hide. Um,
1: the other farm might have alfalfa and a grass mix that the chickens will mow pretty much all the way to the ground but the alfalfa has a high protein, and the grass has a lower protein, so it's a, good yeah,
0: balance. it's a good mix. If you were in in the Midwest here in the United States, in Minnesota and other places, and um, you know the, the system that Mark Shepard has has been developing along with, and I am not remembering this fellow's name now, um, who is in Minnesota and is developing a uh, a coop oriented, but then completely free range, to where he's growing. Um, a number of different trees, even including hazelnuts and bushes and so on. That's the way you could get closer to something like that, Carolee, where you wouldn't have to feed any external grain.
1: The one thing that you always have to supplement that I don't think you can get in nature. Well, not in oh, by the nature, way, that there's
0: one of Sarah's bigger coops up on oh, yeah. the hillside. It's made out of pallets, everybody.
1: Um, With the cover so, on the window
0: for Yeah, thing. yeah.
1: But you have to feed calcium. Got to have that as a little snack because they will pull all the calciums up, calcium out of their bones and get osteoporosis.
0: Elizabeth, great to have you back. You need to come over sometime so we can talk and, and move forward on some of the things that we're doing. <laughs> um, and Happy New Year to you and everybody else, really. So Elizabeth asks, Sarah, how many hours per week do you spend working? And um, and then on, on the chicken side, because Sarah does other things too, yeah. and then such great info, she said, so thanks. Um,
1: a lot, so I have to collect eggs every day. I don't have to feed in water every day necessarily, um, but I come up here right now, and again, there's variables, but like right now, the chicken that's on my lap in that picture, that's one of my new girls, they were raised in a barn and they don't understand how to, they didn't understand their learning, but how to go inside. So I have to be here twice a day. And it's about a half hour drive. So I at least spend three or four hours every day with these chickens. Plus I have the other farm, spend a couple hours there every day. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I spend five hours washing eggs.
0: I mean, it's your full-time job. It's my full-time Whatever job. you do otherwise, and she works yeah. as a uh, bartender, a bartender <laughs> is part-time. I mean, yeah. that, that's yeah. the, and, um, you know, and she does that because she needs additional income. Um, yeah, and it's so, also
1: nice to see people. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's the other side. <laughs> um, do you have issues with predators like coyotes? By yeah. the way, you probably heard, and I was going to actually bring him in here, but um, we have a guard dog, and we we actually have two of them. And I think this I'm biased, but I think they probably kept a lot of predators away from, from Sarah's. We've we've got videos. I think I've showed you of him. Literally right across the fence from a bear, and we get bears in here. I mean, every kind of predator you can imagine, we have here, right? So, yeah. yeah. So just talk about predators a little bit.
1: Um. So we do. I we could open pictures if you want later, but um, do definitely have predators. A little bit of everything. Thor helps a lot for the bears. I don't feed inside in the summer. No food inside because they mostly want to go for the food. So they'll break-in. Mount lions, can't do much about them. There's a couple bobcats. I had one break in the roof the other day, which is kind of abnormal, and the roof was very crappy, (laughs) but uh, fixing that. um, Honestly, I'll shoot the coyotes and the bobcats and things if they are coming in the daytime and being abnormal. If they're coming at night, it's my fault that I left my chickens out or I didn't train them well. But if they're being abnormal, they're going down.
0: By the way, what we don't have a lot of here, and I've never asked you this what yeah. we have them at the other farms, we don't have a lot of raccoons. I mean, We're she has to. a little bit, but not yeah. what we could have and a lot of places have. So
1: There has been something very small that got a couple, that one that was on the hay bale the mm-hmm. other day, yeah. that I haven't figured out yet, but I have my little trap set, so we'll see what it is. But, you know, everything wants to eat chickens, scones, weasels. I've dealt with all of it at the different farms and things, but,
0: By the way, coyotes are not that much of a problem here because Thor scares the crap out of coyotes. Thor's been
1: taking a good, he's doing a good job. Before him, they were were coming across at the bottom. But he, the other day there was one across the hill. I could hear it and I took off running with my gun to go try to get it and the cat had gone over to the horse farm and gone up the tree and it was chasing it and Thor got there before I could even <laughs> find it in the scope and took it took it out.
0: Yeah it, you know. both Sarah and I would love to shoot coyotes <laughs> here we just never seem to be able to get close enough to because the dogs get I mean right around our house here and right around where we're doing the webinar from we have so many bunnies and whenever you have a lot of bunnies it means you probably don't have very many coyotes right there because Bunnies, especially in the winter here, easy are just snacks. easy snacks for a cat. I
1: set it the other day. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, um, how do you manage them? We've been talking about that. Yeah. Um, I see you have a great diversity of chickens. Did they get along together? Why would you do that? I'm not, well, I guess, why okay. the diversity?
1: So. so, mostly the diversity is so my eggs are rainbow colored. So, the diversity starts there. Um, But then I have a problem saying no. So this group of 700 chickens that are just starting to lay, I get a phone call that goes, hey, Sarah, I have about 500 chickens that I need home for. I'll give you a really good price, less than raising them with delivery. And I'll deliver them. And I was like, okay, cool, let's do it. And so I got a little bit of everything. And he also knows that I, so that Dr. Whitey knows that I love chickens. And so he always throws in a handful of fun ones, but mostly it's just a, a cost issue for me. I can get them cheap if they lay. I look up, make sure they're reasonably good layers. A few of the like Krikavar's, they don't lay well, but they're fun. So I have a handful of fun ones because this is you're going to be outside with chickens all day and as well fun. But a lot of the diversity is the mixing of a brown egg layer and a blue egg layer to get that green
0: egg, so. And she does get some amazing, I wish she would have shown you know, a little yeah. more of the diversity of the color. Ha, Hans had a comment here, Mirabella Farm um, in or Corop, I'm, I'm not sure what that means, but gets very good sales with the rainbow eggs, which yes. is cool. I get her re chickens, retired probably chickens yeah. to use in my chicken tractors to cultivate my gardens, which yeah. is really cool. That's and cool. yeah, what do you do with some, some of your older ones?
1: Um, I honestly just give away uh, they're my first presentation. I have a list of what yeah, chickens are good for, does, yeah. and uh, chicken TV. Um, I don't remember how much they can how much compost they can turn in a day, it's a lot. It's a but lot. compost turners, um, bug control, pest control. If you have invasive weeds that you want to get rid of, if you want to have your pond not have
0: yeah. duckweed
1: on it, yeah. We, yeah. yeah.
0: By the way, guys, we don't have any bugs here, <laughs> chickens <laughs> yeah. will eat everything, so um. We're getting close to the top of the hour. I wanna be real respectful for all of you. So a few more questions when we get to those and then let Sarah make sure she throws anything else that she has. We actually had some pictures from webcams that she sent me. I'll show them another time or we'll have Sarah come back another time if we don't get to those. But I wanna make sure we get to all your questions. How long do you keep your laying hens?
1: About two and a half
0: years. Okay, how long on average are your hens laying?
1: They'll lay their entire life. So they usually live five to six years. They lay really well for two years. They start laying at six months. So that's my math, two and a half years.
0: And we've still got some here that don't lay very often, but they lay, that are six or seven years old. And we yeah. have two roosters that are close to seven years old. So
1: My uh, my first group, I said I still have a handful from that first group. And the other day when I was in the coop, one of the five-year-olds was laying an egg.
0: And I think she's talked about what, after they stopped laying. I know she has some Asians who, Oh, are yeah. very okay. interested in just getting live yeah. chickens because they they butcher them they yeah them and, and they especially them want
1: themselves. the it's like it's a cultural tradition when a woman's pregnant they want to eat the um not laid eggs click on the ova stuff right and uh so they buy them up
0: by the way i think she dealt with this and we talked about it they do not lay eggs just everywhere. And she trains them, Leticia, right? I mean, that's basically, there's a training process.
1: Yeah, you put like when you see them starting to squat on the floor, you put them in the box. When they lay an egg on the floor, you pick it up, put it in the box, and then leave it. Or you can, at the other farm, um, I was having that issue because those nests are more commercial. The buildings are a little bit, not as (laughs) homey. And they like nice homey places to lay eggs. So I took wooden eggs, drilled a hole in them, and then zip tie them to the bottom of the nest box. So they're always in there, so they always see them.
0: By the way, um, I was just, oh, I know she also used golf balls. Oh yeah, golf balls. should yeah, yeah. be, be <laughs> <near> training, mean training. <laughs>
1: golf balls her. are free.
0: But if you do it right, Latisha, she gets them to lay where she wants them to in yeah. those boxes.
1: There's always like the one or two that, choose to sit on the floor and landings, but yeah. that's okay. Out of the number, I think it's acceptable.
0: Michael asked a question about um, about thinking about guineas. What does she think about breeding them?
1: I've never bred them. I've heard it's a very bad time. I have some. <laughs> I only have three left.
0: Out of 12, right? Oh, we 36. Started... No, were... we, we had that many? <laughs> they were
1: that? on the roof sleeping. They wow. were really stupid wow. and slept on the roof. And then two coyotes would come, one would bark, they fly and then, yeah, they would get them. So, there are three intelligent ones. I think I had six really intelligent ones. Um, they were, they killed a rattlesnake down oh, at the bottom yeah, this year. They're amazing
0: cool. and they're great warning. They, yeah. they will warn about, about like anything. a dog. Yeah.
1: Um, they do eat a lot of ticks too.
0: And by the way, Michael, but at least I know this from reading, I, and I've had. They will not lay where you, you can't train them to lay, babies? and they let. Yeah. Don't oh, lay my but they lay clutches, don't they? Oh, well, well, they, they lay, lay clutches wild. and yeah. they
1: fight like mad.
0: Yeah. They're they're tough little animals. I don't know if you can see my
1: bruises from today, but they do. <laughs>
0: but she's got three left, and those are five years old, and we got yeah, four, you got those pretty early, yet. yeah. Um, they're good. So they're so. really
1: annoying though if you have neighbors or. Anyone that might complain about them.
0: This is a great question. How do you identify how long you've had a hand for?
1: Um, so here I kind of know who's who. And I know that sounds insane, but like breed groups, I guess. She really
0: does, everybody. They don't all have names, but I bet she could identify almost all of them of the 1,700 you heard her talk about earlier.
1: Yeah. I so. do. If, so like um, Bumblefoot, I had an issue, this should have talked about earlier. One of the issues I ran into this last year at the other farm with the organic feed is it was lacking in biotin because that guy doesn't monitor his feed really. And a lack in biotin can cause foot lesions. And when the foot lesions get in contact with staff, it causes bumblefoot. So anyway, when I was treating the bumblefoot chickens, they get a band to let me know that I've checked them. And it's just a zip tie that you cut. So it's free or almost free, you know, cheap, cheap. But I like the metal bands with the numbers a lot too. You can buy them on Amazon.
0: Yeah, so you can ban them pretty easily.
1: Yeah, they're super um, easy, but I do I just know these. Yeah, girls. she
0: knows <laughs> them. I mean she really does. And I think if you're if you're doing this because it's a passion, which it is a passion of hers, you're gonna it's it's easier to know them yourself than you think. So are you, you I think you unless you want to raise 1700 or so, you could probably figure them out yourself. <laughs> we are at the top of the hour. Um and and I wanna be respectful to both Sarah and to all of you. Throw in any last questions you have. We'll we'll get to those. Um, But um, also, if you guys have any speakers that you'd like to see, we're reviving our live presentation back up up to maybe 15 or 20 we have a little course we've created Um, the first series Sarah did, we'll probably, we'll add this to it also, but we don't even know yet what we're going to sell it for eventually, but I'm just going to say, I'm kind of making this up, I'm not making this up, but I thought about it before. If any of you would want to buy this course, which is available, right? It's all there. Um, Yeah, let's do that. We're going to have Sarah come back and we'll talk about me also, but, um, you know, if, if you... And this is just for the people on this webinar, so you're really gonna be treated well. Um, By the way, put on if anybody referred you, this is your very first time here, and a member referred you, because I gave um, a great incentive for people to do that. So please put that up. I haven't seen it from anybody else to this point. We go back and look at all the questions again. Um, And we have one more question. We're gonna get to that in just a minute. Um, And then, but here's, if you, anybody that's on this webinar want to buy this course, and we're probably going to sell it eventually for about $75 or something. We'll, you can buy it once we put it out here in the very near future and just put up on here on the, the chat that you'd like to maybe get it. You're not committing to anything, by the way. For $29, we'll sell, just as a special, we'll sell the first several of these just for people that are on these webinars not showing what it looks like here. This is all from the series of 10 different sessions at Sarah, and she had guests on those, Tom Whiting was on once. We'll add this to it also. Um, We'll sell it to you for $29, and we're gonna sell it eventually for $75. So, um, anyway, one last question. Um, Do you deworm or treat them for parasites?
1: Um, I don't. If, well, if one has worms, which I haven't had happen yet, I would treat it. I watch their poop carefully for anything weird. They poop a lot, so that's easy enough. Like every day, and just kind of keep an eye out for things. That's also when you're saying sick chickens. I just spend time with them. I'll sit down in the middle of them and just check them out. Um, I, if they have, so if they're not feeling well and they have an overload of mites or lice, I will do uh, dust on them. I don't. It's called uh, poultry dust, and that just kills all of the ones that are on them. But you do if. If you dust them for mites, you're gonna have to do it again in two weeks or 10 days because that's the life cycle of a mite. So the eggs that are on it will hatch in 10 days, you gotta do it again. But if you take good care of your chickens and make sure they're not overcrowded and they have good fresh water and they have a nice place to dust bathe, you don't have to worry about it really.
0: All right, I think this is where we're gonna stop. We did get a couple people that are interested in the course, and so you guys will be able to, if you decide to buy it, you're gonna get to take advantage of that. that discount that we just talked about um we're going to start doing quick question and answer webinars again and we haven't scheduled those yet but we used to do those every week and we'll probably get back to that we're we're still trying to decide should we do those in the evening like this one so that we're really catering to us or should we do it you know earlier in the day because we still get the european uh, market at the same time we haven't decided on that yet but we are looking for speakers so as we get this ramped up again um and michael says evenings but some of you you guys would be great speakers for us um so um and here's the uh, link to the co-op hand. and by the way when mark posts the replay of this and there will be a replay all of these questions will get posted. too uh posted so you'll you'll be able to look and see what the questions were but he just put in the link to the co-op mark make sure you put on the Answer that one so people can see that real quick, which is fresh food revolution, about local food, um, and uh, there it is, um, slash products, and um, and then, Leticia, thanks for your questions. You've been awesome, Michael. Good to good to see you again. It's good to see Kate and all the rest of you. I don't want to just name all kinds <laughs> of names because I'll miss somebody. Thank you, Sarah um and mark thank you for your help mark do you have anything else to uh take us out with any other questions or thoughts
1: yes um is um sarah going to be going to be back um next week or uh, um, do, we haven't talked about that really so i was wondering if she's yeah planning to do that.
0: yeah we just said, yeah we, we just said we're gonna at least do one more session on broilers and and okay. how how because i don't think we've dealt with that at all or, like or just, just touched, just touched on, it, yeah. on it just a little bit in the, in the first series that we did. Okay, cool. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. And, Thank Mark, you. why don't you take us out, my friend? Hey, everybody. I bet you enjoyed that immensely. That was one of our most amazing presentations here at the EAT community. Please look forward to our next podcast in the very near future, and we look forward to seeing you again the Eat Community Podcast.